Two games may have already been played. Ibarra moving in, crosses it in front, they score! Another Minnesota goal! But until we see action at TCF Bank Stadium this Saturday, the season hasn't really started yet. Not only is this a countdown to kickoff for the 2018 home opener. And the Leeds lead again! The clock is ticking toward next year when we get to do it at Allianz Field. For now, let's get things rolling toward a St. Patrick's Day lid lifter as the loons take on the Chicago Fire. Here to give us a preview are the television voices for your Minnesota United, Callum Williams, Kendra de St. Alban, and Jamie Watson. Good evening. Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff, a season special brought to you by Minnesota United and 1500 ESPN. Callum Williams, Jamie Watson and Kindra D. St. Auburn with you for the next hour talking all things Minnesota United and Major League Soccer. We'd love to hear from you, the fans, here this evening. You can phone in 877-615-1500. That's 877-615-1500. And also you can tweet us using the hashtag AskMNUFC. That's AskMNUFC. Right then, let's get straight to it, shall we, guys? It's been quite the opening two weeks for Minnesota United. Jamie, I'll start with you. Things were a little dicey in San Jose in the opening... 45, 65 minutes before a certain Kevin Molino got things rolling for Minnesota United. What did you see from the opening 90 minutes down in San Jose? I saw two minutes of a lapse in concentration from the team that put them down 2-0 in the first 27 and 28 minutes of the game. Uh, Two fixable errors because it wasn't systematic errors. It was more errors of judgment, a bad pass, get caught out of position, and then get punished twice. Deservedly so, San Jose made him pay. Uh, Minnesota United was down 2-0, gave up a third goal. But I saw a bit of resiliency from the team. Kevin Molino sparked that with two uh, great goals, great individual play on the second one. But the first one, Christian Ramirez does what he does. Good hold-up play, put it right in the path to Kevin Molino. And it gave the team a sense of optimism, as much optimism as you could have having lost 3-2 to two in a home opener on the road. Um, not a home opener because it was on the road. Those two things don't match. It was a road <laughs> opener. Um, but to start the season, you ended the game, although it was a loss, with a little bit of confidence going into the second week in Orlando. Kendra, things then got better for Minnesota United throughout the week before we talk about the, the victory in Orlando. There was a certain element of of sharpness and as Jamie mentioned confidence in training throughout the week then it was good to see for Minnesota United well and not even that but even after the two goals were scored and Molino got Minnesota United on the board it was like you felt the confidence start to rise again you felt it start to shift and I think that carried over into training the fact that yes they lost the first match on the road at San Jose but they went down 2-0 and they came back and they fought back. And a third, a beautiful third goal by San Jose. I mean, you cannot take anything away from that third goal that they that they recorded in that match. So I think we saw some resiliency, a word that we've been using a lot in this club, in the front office, and with the team. And Adrian talks about belief carried right over into training last week, a sharpness, an energy, a cohesion of that squad, and carried right into the Orlando match. I loved what Ethan Finley said post-game with Jamie. Committed. Everybody was committed to the cause, committed to defending, committed to going forward, committed to every tackle, 
Ibsen's clearance off the line. I mean, there was a, a, and it's not that this group wasn't close before. It's not that they didn't work hard for each other before, but it's amazing. You can't, you can't coach that per se. You can't teach that. But the group went out committed to each other and the cause and just got a fantastic team victory in Orlando. And you could not set it up any better heading to the home opener. Everybody here in Minnesota has been focused on the home opener, and we, we know it because we see it in the office every day. We've had two games already under our belt on the road, but the club is excited to get in front of the supporters, in front of the fans, a packed house, TCF Bank Stadium just down the road, and, uh, you know, 47, 50 degrees and sunny St. Patrick's Day. You couldn't draw it up any better for this home opener. Well, before we talk about Orlando City and the Loons' first victory of the season again, we'd love to hear your thoughts using the hashtag AskMNUFC or indeed call in 877-615-1500. We've had plenty of you tweeting in. Uh, I'm going to start with a rather positive note here from Owen Seaton. Owen, thank you very much uh, for your tweet. Asking, uh, where does Major League Soccer stack up against all the European leagues? And this is a topic that comes up fairly regularly, doesn't it, now? And and it's a topic that I think is important to discuss because Major League Soccer, 10 years ago, and I say that with all due respect, probably wasn't up to the standard of a lot of leagues across Europe. But now, we, we've all been a part of this, we've all seen it grow, particularly over the last 5, 10 years. It's up there, and it's better than the likes of the, the Danish Superliga and the Swedish Allsvenska and uh, the Swiss Super League, and where a lot of these hidden gems often find themselves and now they're making their way over to Major League Soccer and I know Jamie you you were saying this a while ago as well that you're now seeing the quality of players coming to this league you could only dream of only five years ago absolutely and I think we saw uh, San Jose away we saw Magnus Eriksson is a good example of that he is uh, the top scorer last season in the Swedish top flight and he made the move over, and I got a chance to talk with him before the game. The first thing he said was he looks like he wants to test himself, and, and he was saying that this is a big opportunity for him. So you're looking right there. The, the top goal scorer in Sweden is saying he wants to come over to MLS and test himself. I think we started to see the shift in MLS where it used to be if you made your way to Scandinavia to play, you were doing something right. Now it's almost flip-flopped. Now it's like they want to come over here. You start to look at Ezekiel Barco, one of the best players in Argentina that they've produced in a long time at 18 years old, and he wants to come to Atlanta United and play in MLS. Yeah, I mean, I think you're starting to see that guys look at this as a destination league, a league that can jumpstart their career, that could put them on the national team radar. And so I think that uh, you'll see some more signings coming along the way. You'll see more guys that want to find themselves in MLS to further their career. Where you put that on the scale, that's obviously very subjective and hard to tell. But I would say the mindset of players and coaches and fans around the world of MLS has certainly shifted. And now it's on the forefront of people's mind and it's thought very highly of. Well, and how many times have we, I've read stories heading into this season about the players that have come into the league as we were researching the league and the movement in the offseason. And you see how many guys say, look, I talked to so-and-so who I played with back in my country and now he's with Seattle, now he's with Chicago, whatever club. I called him up and said, 
tell me about this league. I want to come to this league. Why do you love this league? Why should I come to MLS? Because they were interested in it. And I don't know if we saw that even five years ago where they're calling their teammates and trying to find out, how do I get over there? How do I come and play in MLS and be a part of what you guys have going on there? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can go down and rank the top leagues in the entire world, but MLS is just gradually climbing, 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 and it's so fun to see the teammates talk to each other. And then when they go back in the offseason to their home countries and communicate about the league and how, how much it's rising and how much people love the competition here. The one thing that stands out why a lot of people come to this league is because of the fabulous new stadiums and the atmospheres within them. We're obviously going to have our very own example of that in a year's time at Allianz Field. We saw a fairly good example of it Last weekend away at Orlando City, um, the first win for Minnesota United this season. Jamie, I know it was a fairly emotional day for you returning to your old stomping ground. What did you see from the victory there for Minnesota United? Well, first and foremost, all the storylines that played into it with Kevin Lino, Adrian Heath, Ian Fuller, Mark Watson all returning. Um, that was the big emotional storyline to it. Um, for me, I, I think it was a fitting end for Adrian Heath to kind of close that chapter uh, he's 18-plus months removed now. He's gotten a chance to win at home against Orlando, now went away. I think you can close that chapter for him and got the closure that he wanted and, and hoped for uh, in that. But more importantly, you got your first win of the season, one on the road, which we didn't get until August of last season. And then secondly, we, I think, only had one point through all of March last year. The first one coming April 1st against Real Salt Lake. So now what you've done is is you've basically taken the whole month of March, which was thrown away last season, and you didn't really collect anything from that. You're putting yourself ahead of pace from where you were last season, which is encouraging. You get confidence early on from the players and the team going forward. The whole morale, as Kendra's been talking about, it's really important. You got that first win on the road early on in the season. Confidence grows from there. And if you can go get a win at home in your home opener against Chicago and go two wins in a row, which took them a while to get last season as well, mm. the mindset starts to shift, and, and players have this weird mentality where sometimes you have a shorter memory than maybe you should, and maybe sometimes that's a good thing because a short memory could forget 2017 and the March that was in 2017, and then you're talking two wins, one on the road already in March in 2018. In your mind, 2018 is completely different than 2017 if you're a player, if you can pull off a win. Imperious, perhaps, with a victory over Chicago Fire, Minnesota United would stand. The one sour note for Minnesota coming out of Orlando, Kindra, was a season-ending injury for Kevin Molino. Yeah, and I mean, I would guess that 90% of the tweets that we're going to get today and maybe the phone calls are about that. And we had very similar, uh, you know, at training today with the media members that were there and available and, and able to talk to Adrian Heath really for the first time minus post-game in Orlando a huge blow for this club. And you could talk to every one of those guys, not just on the field, of course, formationally, and what does he contribute to the tactical formation and, and bring to the table. He scored the two goals in San Jose and set up uh, Kevin Molino's first goal in, or I mean, Kevin Molino's, Ethan Finley's first goal in Orlando. Huge blow to the team. But I just think from an overall feeling, a confidence, and a, a presence of Kevin Molino from a leadership standpoint, a quiet leader, but gets the job done, came in so fit and ready to take on that role that Adrian Heath wanted him to for this season. So he's been through it before. Adrian Heath knows what he's capable of from a rehabbing standpoint. And and you know what? Uh, you know, like he said earlier today, now he's ready. His opening day can be Allianz Field 2019. He's going to step back on the field. Hopefully he's ready. Keep the tweets coming. Hashtag AskMNUFC. It's the countdown to kickoff on 1500 ESPN. 
You're listening to this special Minnesota United Countdown to Kickoff show. Now back to Cal, Kendra, and Jamie. Welcome back in to Countdown to Kickoff, brought to you by Minnesota United FC and 1500 ESPN. And the man leading the loons charge is Adrian Heath, who earlier on today spoke with our very own Kendra D. St. Auburn. Right here with Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United. Two games in already, but let's kind of backtrack a little bit just about heading into 2018, year number two, Mm. MLS for Minnesota United. What was your vision going into the season for the club, and now that you're two games in, where do you feel you're at? I think the most important thing, Kendra, before we start, is that we're so much further down the road than we were this time last year. You know, we were looking at bringing 26 players in last year to try to get them settled and bedded in. On and off the field is a real, you know, it's a real challenge. And um, so we haven't got that to contend with this year. Um, we've bought a little bit of depth in, um, a few players, but we haven't bought the players in that we would have liked to have actually increase competition for the people who are starting on a Saturday. Hopefully in the next week or so we'll we'll address that. You know, we, we think we're very close on two or three fronts. Um, so that was what we wanted to do. I think the good thing was that we had a really good core to build from and um, I was pleased with the work we did pre-season. Maybe not the results, but I know the amount of work that the players put in. They will be physically prepared for the season. And I think we proved that in the two games. Obviously, the San Jose game was a disappointment, but at, at no stage, if you looked at the whole game, did it, were we outclassed or we were inferior to the opposition in any way. Um, and then, obviously, we got the big win at the weekend away in Orlando. So we're a little bit ahead of we were this time last year, although one or two people might say that's not hard. Um, but... We've uh, we've certainly made progress, but we have to keep building. This is not something that's anywhere near the finished article. We know we need we know we need two or three pieces that will go into the first eleven to make competition that much stronger for places. You talk about the core. How important was that to bring that group back? You brought in some new players, not maybe as many as you would like, or mm. maybe as key positions and yeah. players as you'd like. But having kind of that core group solidify and kind of regain that chemistry going into year number two how important is that yeah and, and just having people who you, you know and mm-hmm. trust and you know like whether it be Calvo whether it be Boxer now we bought Tyrone Mears and who's who's won the MLS Cup who's played in the in the Premier League Jerry Thiessen now is all settled everybody knows what it, we, we're getting out to Jerry so we, we bought a few pieces but the most important thing is that come the opening day of the season I actually know what I'm going to get out of the group. It's it's huge for a coach. Mm-hmm. I know I know what buttons to press with these guys. Mm-hmm. They know what's expected from them, from me. Um, so that's why it's important. The important thing is now, though, that when we bring these next three or four pieces in, which we're going to do, we have to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if there's one criticism that we all had last year was, you know, some of our signings didn't work out. But when you're signing 26 players, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not going to get 18 right or whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. you know, the next, but the next three or four for us are crucial to make this first 11 better. When you talk about the core group, losing Kevin Molino for the season yeah. in that Orlando match, mm-hmm. what does that mean for the club mentally, physically, emotionally, all the pieces, you know, let alone from the formation yeah. side of things? What does that mean? Well, obviously, he's probably the only true number 10 we have here. So that would that changes a little bit of our thinking, even in terms of scouting, what we're looking to bring in. That's probably changed since the weekend's news. Um, the disappointment is more for the kid. Everybody's disappointed because he's an, he's an important member of the team. People know that. You don't like losing your better players. 
But, you know, he had one of these two years ago. He was on his other leg, but, and I witnessed what he went through in Orlando and his, his dedication to get himself back to match fitness was incredible. So I, I expect the same for him. He's got a great sort of uh, end of the tunnel for him his opening day in that new stadium next year. Is he going to be fit and healthy? And that's what we'll keep throwing that carrot out to him because uh, he's going to be a big part for this club. And he, uh, but it's a blow for everybody, but more especially to the kid. Looking specifically ahead at Chicago this weekend, and more specifically a home opener, regardless yeah. of maybe who is coming to town, how nice is it going to be back in front of this group of fans that you have really been excited about since day one, the yeah. support that they've given this club? Well, I think the most important thing is that, that, that I've seen that relationship, not only with the staff, but with the players grow with the supporters. They're starting to get sort of people like Jerry Tyson who are becoming a little bit of a cult hero. And that's really nice to see as a coach when you see the relationship between you as a group and the supporters. And I, th I think you can you sense the excitement for the game at the weekend. A couple of the guys that I know are in the, you know, uh, True North Elite and them guys, they've been texting me. They can't wait for the end of the, you know, for the game to start this weekend. And obviously everybody's full of optimism. Opening day of the season. Just hope we give them a better performance than we did this time last year. Well, it's supposed to be 47 degrees and sunny, so that's There you go. That'll be a change. <laughs> and, that, and that'll be a plus from last year. But no, it's, uh, we're really looking forward to the game. I hope we can take a lot of confidence from last week's game, last week's win. I've been in this game a long time now. Nothing gives players confidence more than winning. And that feeling, you've sensed it this morning, even in training. Quality was up another notch. Mm -hmm. The intensity was up another notch. I feel as though now people are really fighting to keep their place and get in there. Competition starting to ramp up. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward with a lot of optimism for this season. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Some interesting things said there by Minnesota United head coach Adrian Heath, Callum Williams, Kindred e. St. Norbin, Jamie Watson with you here on 1500 ESPN as we look forward to the home opener at TCF Bank Stadium on March 17th. And as always, keep your questions coming in using the hashtag AskMNUFC. Had some interesting ones come through uh, over the last uh, couple of minutes as well. Uh, Jamie, we'll, we'll go to you. Um, Alex uh, Schiefendecker has uh, asked... Uh, all about Adrian Heath's system and the basics of the approach and also where is there room for improvement in this particular system? All right, so try to break down a system that took me a couple of years to master in 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> um, uh, Alex, good question. You've been a supporter of this team for a long time. First of all, thank you for that, uh, like many others. Um, to your question about Adrian's system, the system I know is the best in North America because I played in it, I believe in it. I feel like my career didn't start until I started learning and, and working with Adrian. I think Adrian's system takes time to learn. And I think that it takes the right players to fit into the system or the right type of players to adapt to fit into the system. I think that's what you saw towards the end of last season in 2017. Players fully understanding it. Players getting on the same page whenever the person on the ball has it. Where you should be in relation to that. The system always allots for at least two, if not three options when you're on the ball. But it takes time to get that cohesion. And Kendra is big about this with, with chemistry within the group. You heard Adrian talk about it, uh, talk about they're at a better starting point now. And I think that's why you finally saw this weekend in Orlando uh, the system work and figure out how to adapt, how to break down a team with what they throw at you because each week's different. And then how they broke out against Orlando, played the system perfectly, and were able to get a result on the road. So to sum it up, 
It always gives you two to three different passing options. You have to be in the right place where the person on the ball has it, and it looks to get in behind with any of the front four, be it the one up top or the three underneath. That's the system in a breakdown of quick 45 to 60 seconds. Back to the tweet deck. Uh, Minnesotino sending us uh, a tweet, and thanks very much for the questions. Kinder, this one directed towards you. With Kevin Melino done for the year and Luis Fernando arriving, does Adrian Heath believe he has the personnel that could be better suited to a 4-3-3 right now? I think right now, yes. That could be a, a very viable option, at least going into this weekend. And Luis Fernando, yes, arriving. When will he step on the field and play in that number six spot? Not entirely sure until he gets here and we know what kind of shape he's in and and learning the system, as Jamie just alluded to, took him a couple years. Now with a six with Fernando, and I said this to you at training today, I feel like you know if, if he needed to step in and play, you could kind of tell him, hey, you, ne- you need to sit in front of the back four. You're going to hold down the fort and just play a very defensive holding mid kind of a role, which is what they want from him anyway. So he may not have to know the the system like the back of his hand. But And we talked about this at training as well. How would a 4-3-3 look with this side, with the roster that they do have now and available to them? And I think, I think it's a viable option, at least for the foreseeable f- future, depending on other pieces that may be coming in or maybe. Um, entering the fray and and give Adrian Heath a little time to digest it. That's a big change. I mean, everybody knows injuries can happen at any moment. But the wingers are such an important piece in the 4-2-3-1. And I think it would be a very similar aspect if you played a 4-3-3 and just pushed the two wingers up higher up the field, clearly. Um, but they're going to have to do a lot of work. They're going to have to pick their moments and pick those spots. Orlando City, we saw that formation really come to fruition as we talked about because Orlando City plays so narrow that Scott Scott Sam Nicholson and Ethan Finley could have a field day on the wing so depends on the opponent depends on what Chicago is going to do they've got outside backs that like to go forward as well so we can't just sit here and go yep 4-3-3 until they figure out what the other <laughs> position you know what the uh, the number 10 is going to be because it's going to depend on who they're playing this week and but for the foreseeable future, I would not be shocked if he did something like that and had, you know, um, maybe Ibsen push up a little bit more of the attacking minded central midfielder in that triangle in the middle of the field and push uh, Nicholson and Finley up higher up on top with what we're assuming might be Christian Ramirez this week, depending on the health of Dunlady. And then you've got Mason Toy, which throws another wrench in the the plans as well for the opponent. So not a bad shout to Minnesotino. I like right. it. I like it. <laughs> Minnesota United take on Chicago Fire this weekend, March 17th in the home opener at TCF Bank Stadium. Join us as we continue to preview things and count down to kick off on 1500 ESPN. You're listening to this special Minnesota United countdown to kickoff show. Now back to Count, Kendra and Jamie. We'll be there for the 2018 home opener as your loons face off against Chicago Fire at TCF Bank Stadium on Saturday, March 17th at 1pm. Visit mnufc.com for more information. And the captain for Minnesota United on March 17th against Chicago Fire will be Francisco Calvo, the Costa Rican international earlier today, spoke with Jamie Watson. Francisco Calvo, thank you so much for joining us um, after a big win this weekend against Orlando. How's the team feeling? How's the group feeling after a really resilient performance? Good. I think that after a, a performance, what we did in Orlando, how we did in Orlando, it's a different week, you know. You have a, a nice week of training before the home opener. So you're excited about the home opener, but you're also excited because you get a, a big win against a good team. Did you feel any sort of extra emotion or 
sense of importance to the game, knowing that it was returning to Orlando with Adrian and with Ian and with Mark, with Kevin? I feel happy for them. But, I mean, it's the same feeling bit, for me, beat Orlando than other teams, you know. But for them, I'm, I feel happy because I know that they want to, to be that team in that stadium. So, uh, I said before, the only, the only guys that, that, make, that can make that happen was the team. And, yeah, thank God we, we, we could do it. And when you did, especially towards the end of the game, when under a bit of pressure after getting the second goal from Ethan, it seemed as though it was the most resolute defending from the team where it was commitment from everybody to get back defensively to clear balls. Ibsen clears them off the line. What does that say about the group and, and your confidence in the group when the game's on the line, everyone's committed to, to doing what it takes to get a win? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we play as a, as, as a family, if we play as a team, we're going to get, we're going to do something special this year. But when we start doing different things during, in, in, into the field, we're not doing good things. So, and we know that, uh, we know what we feel when we when we were winning 2-1 and then just defend, defend well, uh, good commitment and then uh, hard work to, to keep the result, you know? Yeah. Do you feel as though maybe there's a different sense amongst the group because there was more chemistry, a lot of returning players. Last year, everyone was getting to know each other. This year, there's a returning group. Do you get a different sense of the team this early on in the season than maybe last year? Yeah, I think... Last year was total, everything was totally new, you know, totally new. This year, uh, things are going better. Uh, I think the the owner owner group is doing a good job too, giving us uh, all the things we need, and also the the coaches the coaches staff they're doing a good job. And and I think from the preseason since the preseason till now, the group is working hard, and I think the coaches staff is happy with that. So. The results, they're going to come. They're going to come because we're working hard and we're working honestly. Well, that honest hard work will lead into this weekend's first home match against the Chicago Fire, a team that you beat last year in Chicago. But the spectacle of the home opener as a player, what is that like for you being on the field, knowing that it'll be a full stadium, getting to play in front of your fans again for the first time? What's what's that feeling like? Fantastic. I hope it's not snow. (laughs) <laughs> be a little bit warmer this year than know, last. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, it's going to be a good atmosphere. It's going to be a, a fantastic game. I think we need to to be consistent, you know, because we, we cannot beat Orlando over there and then come here and, and lose at home. We, like, the most of the teams know that come to Minnesota and play here is hard. It's hard. And they if they want to beat us, they have to battle the double of us you know so I think it's going to be a, a good match the fans are great in here so uh, the crowd is going to be crazy and I hope we, we get the, the three points for you personally looking forward a couple of weeks ahead with Costa Rica in preparations for the World Cup what's that like for you knowing that you have your club team day in and day out but just ahead on the schedule you've got your national team call-ups and then you've got potentially a trip to the World Cup what's What's the next couple of months like for you as you prepare for day in and day out work, but something very, very big, the pinnacle of any soccer player? What's that like? I've been preparing. I've been preparing for the World Cup until the season ends. To be honest, I haven't. I haven't like too much vacations because I want to be in the best shape I can. And it's a big. I mean, it's the biggest tournament in the world in the in the football world. So, if God give me that 
the the chance to go to the to the World Cup, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the best shape I can, in the best. I'm in, I want to be the the best type of player in that in that for my team and then for the national team for both parts, you know. So in the the head couple of weeks we have two friendly games. I'm always happy to go and, and play with my national team. All the best. Thank you for your time, Francisco. Can't wait. Can't wait. And what did you say, Kendra? 47 for the home opener, correct? 47 to 52 in sunshine, baby. Oh. One o'clock kick. I'll take it. It's going to be wonderful. We can't wait to see all of you there as well. Remember, you can listen to the entirety of the game right here on 1500 ESPN, and you can watch us on Fox Sports North. Uh, Kendra, that interview with Francisco Calvo, very telling. He's a passionate individual and such an important piece moving forward for Minnesota United. Well, and I think we knew that pretty much from day one last season when he stepped onto the pitch and he took the captain's armband very early on. And, uh, well, we won't say who had it the first match, but Calvo had it from that match forward. Uh, Adrian Heath loves relying on Francisco Calvo in the back line. He loves relying on it. Boxel, other pieces have been moving in and out, and now they have a goalkeeper change. He is the one constant that has been back there, minus international duty that can hold down the fort and communicate and has a great rapport with everyone. You hear him shouting and barking orders, and I think you, you can't ask for anything better. And, and Adrian Heath has said, we need a leader. We need someone to step up and, and take this team to task in the locker room because you can't always do it as a coach. And hopefully Francisco Calva will continue to be that in his center back position throughout this season. Whilst we're on the subject of centre-backs, Jimmy Watson, again, thank you everybody for the hashtags, uh, Ask MNUFC. Had another one in here from uh, Austin Lindbergh. Uh, thanks very much for your uh, tweet, uh, Austin, writing for uh, ESPN FC. Says, uh, first of all, great job, everybody. Uh, with the Woundy joining uh, training today and the squad now containing five centre-backs, do you get a sense of the hierarchy in terms of the known quantities, that the Calvo, Box or Coleman, against the unknowns like the Olmsberg and the Woundies? Austin, thanks for the question. Um, I'm sure long-time listener, first-time tweeter. Um, <laughs> thanks so much, buddy. Um, you know, I think that it's important to have depth. I think that was always what the team lacked in the first year was depth. I think you always felt fairly good about the starting 11 week in and week out, but it was the depth issue, and that comes with time. Every expansion team sees that. LAFC, as good as they are at some points during the season, they'll be tested with their depth, but the depth of the center back position in particular will be tested early on in the season because if you look past this week into next week's game against the New York Red Bulls away, both Calvo and Michael Boxel will be away for international duty. Mm. So now you've got Brent Coleman, you've got Wyatt Omsberg, who's shown very well, by the way. Yes. Brent Coleman, as we all know, uh, had a fantastic year last year. Uh, and then you have a woundy as well. You're going to test that depth early on in this year. But you're in a better spot now because of these additions, because of knowing that you're going to lose Francisco Calvo. Knock on wood, as he said, if, if God chooses him, he'll be at the World Cup. And if everything goes well, we want it to for him. But there's another month for the tournament, maybe a month prior to that leading up to it. So your depth will be tested. But I think we all feel good about a combination of any one of the three, Calvo, Boxel, Coleman. And then it's a big opportunity for Wyatt Omsberg as a rookie, who many people said at 15 in the draft, may have been the steal of the draft. He tested extremely high in all the categories at the Combine Top 5 in all three of the speed, agility, testing. And then you have a Woundy who is a large human being. <laughs> big boy. He that might be the understatement. <laughs> a big boy. And so I think that, that for the first time, Adrian Heath will have confidence knowing that there are going to be good players left out. A lot of people are surprised Brent Coleman hasn't seen the field yet in the first two weeks. 
I think every week that is being tested. The back four is being tested, and the uh, the combination of the two center backs will be put to test with the depth and international duty along the year, not to mention any, any unforeseen injuries. Just uh, one more question before we go to break from the hashtag AskMNUFC. Kendra, coming your way from Matt Axe. Bobby Warshaw, who's a personality for Major League Soccer, for those who don't know, suggested that Minnesota United could perhaps pursue uh, a midfielder called Lee Wynn um, to help the gap left by Molino due to his injury. Uh, do we see this as a viable option? Now, uh, the one thing I will say here is that we obviously can't comment uh, on individuals that are contracted uh, to other football clubs, but what we can say is there are reinforcements on the way. Well, and I think, you know, we when we do a match, like when we did a game against New England Revolution last season, we talk about Lee Wynn and what a fantastic player he is and what he brings to the New England Revolution. So do we all know the caliber, caliber of player Lee Wynn is? Absolutely. 40-some goals, 40-some assists in his time in MLS, a playmaker, for sure. He hasn't seen the field, hasn't seen the 18 yet for the New England Revolution, wanted to trade and of course the club just not willing to move him right now um, because he's under contract and that is the key piece. So do they do they need someone to come in in that spot? Do we need we needed more depth before Kevin Molino got injured in that spot? So that's not a big surprise. They are looking for reinforcements. They are searching the globe. You know whether that's within the United States, whether that's in the world, it's not ever for a lack of looking for talent. So Minnesota United was on the scouting path throughout the off season while the season's going on. The, of course, the you know transfer window not closing till the first week in May. There's a lot of talk about movements, and there was before the Kevin Molino injury. So, yes, they are looking for pieces. They're looking for players that can contribute to this team, contribute right away, and make an impact if Minnesota United wants to continue to get better. So, no, we can't comment specifically on players under contract, but we could go down the list and talk about all sorts of players across the league <laughs> that are talented and, and could maybe find a spot on another on another roster. And Adrian, Adrian said the same thing. Can't, con- can't comment on a player that's under contract currently. Well, a player that is under contract is one of ours called Mason Toy coming up. He'll be joining us live to talk about his Major League Soccer debut as the countdown to kickoff continues here on 1500 ESPN. Um. You're listening to this special Minnesota United countdown to kickoff show. Now back to Count, Kendra and Jamie. Becoming a season ticket holder today guarantees your spot at Allianz Field in 2019. Go to MNUFC.com for more information. Whilst you'll be enjoying the action at Allianz Field in 2019, one player that'll be on the field joins us on the line now. Minnesota United FC centre-forward Mason Toy drafted seventh pick in this year's Super Draft. Mason, good evening. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Wonderful, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. You're with Callum Williams, Kendrick St. Norman, Jamie Watson. Uh, so, your debut away in Orlando. What did Adrian Heath say to you as you were coming on the field? And how much did you enjoy it? Uh, I enjoyed myself. I mean, it was a dream come true, obviously. Um, you know, I've been dreaming about that moment for as long as I can remember. Um, but Adrian just told me, you know, go on, uh, make a difference, uh, bring energy. And uh, that's just what I tried to do. When you managed to step on the field, there was a little moment where you, uh, I noticed you started shoving one or two players around. Is that something we can expect from you? Or was that just simply you letting your buddies know you were there on the field and you'd been with them during the draft? Um, well, I mean, I obviously knew both of the players that um, got a little push, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they both. One of them tried to grab me, and the other one stepped on my foot. So, um, if anybody's going to do that, I don't let that happen to me, especially being a rookie um, and new to the league. Uh, you don't want to be uh, known as a guy that can get picked on. So, uh, you got to set that tone. So, that's kind of what that was. But it, it just so happened that I knew both of them. So, Mason, everything seems to go rather quickly for you. You went into college, had a great year. Um, you get into MLS, you get drafted seventh overall, you see the field in your second game. How do you keep this incredible progression going? What is the key to making sure that it leads into continued minutes, more minutes, and maybe even eventually a start in the first season? Oh, I think just keeping the same mindset that I've had you know, throughout my life is just always trying to enjoy the game and always trying to get better and never being really complacent and I think that, you know, from all the, the advice that I've gotten and all the things that I've heard um, from past pros and guys who are still in the league, you know, they said that the people that, you know, stop progressing are the ones that, you know, once they get into the league, they're like, okay, I've made it. And um, I know that that's not really my mindset. I, I want to uh, continue to get better every day and, uh, you know, try to solidify myself as, you know, a really, really good player in this league. So the only way to do that is, you know, through – progression and working really hard every day to try to get better when i know mason at one of the first training sessions that we saw you at after the draft you said something super insightful you said you know more listening less talking is kind of what you want to do as a rookie in this league what have you been able to learn so far in training sessions and and who has maybe really helped you along the way i know last year at training it was a lot of yelling constantly at abu dunlati because Adrian, he knows what he's capable of and how good he can be. So who have you gleaned the most from in the training sessions and in your time in MLS with Minnesota United so far? Um, I mean, uh, Ian Fuller has been um, really instrumental with me, um, kind of uh, helped me along the way um, in terms of the coaching staff. I mean, obviously, Adrian and I have had, you know, a, a couple of sit-downs um, and talked about, you know, positioning and things like that. Um, but also, you know, Kevin Molino, um, was, was, has, you know, given me some advice along the way. Calvo has been great. Um, you know, all the guys have, have pitched in, you know, Tyrone as well, um, has been pretty vocal with me. So, um, it's, I, I feel really great, um, that I have so many, you know, veteran guys that have been in the league for a while and have been pros for a while. So, um, you know, I've just really tried to take in all the information that I can and, I just know if a guy's yelling at me during training or if we're in a game, um, I know that they're doing it because they care and they want me to get it right. So um, I don't really try to listen to the tone of voice. I try to listen to, you know, the words that, that they're trying to get across. To me. So. Well, Mason, looking forward to seeing you develop throughout the campaign. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no worries. That was Mason Toy of Minnesota United. Right then, so last few minutes and the reason we're here for Minnesota United against Chicago Fire Home opener at TCF Bank Stadium, 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Jamie, what are you expecting to see from Chicago Fire? Let's not forget they have a World Cup winner in their, in their midfield amongst their missed uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Get his name out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Bastian Schweinsteiger obviously comes with a tremendous pedigree. He absolutely does, and I think you look across the board at the Chicago Fire roster, uh, Nelson Rodriguez, uh, Eddie Rock, Panovich there, they've done a great job of building this team to be good at every position and sometimes even two to three players deep. So I think whatever combination they feel, they had a heartbreaking loss, um, a good comeback also coupled with a heartbreaking loss. I think they're going to be a team that that opens up and goes for the win. They have um, Nemanja Nikolic up top, yep. who obviously was a golden boot winner last year. 
can score some goals. Katai did well when he came in. I think they're a very dangerous team, but I think the way that Minnesota United played last year on the road against Chicago, where sometimes you absorb pressure, you sit in, and then you look to break out, that's the way that you beat Chicago. And let's not kid ourselves, the fans in attendance are going to play a big part in this game. Mm. They need to be allowed, they need to make it as much of a home field advantage as you can. Um, it will be an exciting one. We're looking forward to seeing everybody. And I think Minnesota United pulls out a victory in the home opener this season. Kendra, your thoughts? What are you expecting on home opening day? I actually expect Minnesota United to play another performance that's very emotional and spirited in the sense that they're going to play for Kevin Molino in this one. Last week it was Adrian Heath, Kevin Molino, the coaching staff going to Orlando City. I think that there's going to be something about playing for Kevin Molino. He's not on the pitch. He's not a part of what they're doing on the field. But can they get a W for him and for the fans, of course. And Matt Lampson. He's got a return against his Chicago side. Mm. So I, I feel like that's a big piece of it. He's got something to prove. And his back line in front of him are going to be staunch and they're going to be ready to go. And they're not going to they're going to want to shut out for their goalkeeper who is facing his former club. So Minnesota United win all the way. I don't think that's a homer pick. I think it's a factual pick. I'm basing it on my head, not my heart. And I'm going, you know, I think they're going to win 3-1. That's my prediction. Do we? Could we? Can we? see a different formation for Adrian Heath's side on Saturday? I think Adrian will adapt to it with the situations, all the points Kendra made earlier in the show. Um, I think that Adrian adapts to what he's been given. I think he solidifies the midfield because it will be a team. The team that wins the midfield battle will win the game. And you've got Dax McCarty, Bastian Schweinsteiger, and a whole host of other players that can join in there if Chicago wants to make a change after their loss. So I'd look for maybe a 4-3-3 this week just based on the opponents. I wouldn't say that this is the end-all, be-all for the rest of the season. It's set in stone, but I think it matches up well, and then I think it says let's go with our front three with the speed and quickness they have and the finishing ability for sure back line and likewise on the other side. So whoever wins the midfield wins the game for me. Simple as that. And then Kendra, briefly, just final thoughts, uh, particularly for Minnesota United. Just how excited are you? Here we are again, the home opener around the corner. Well, and that's the thing. We were so excited for March 3rd. Now we're excited for March 17th. It's like another turning of the page in the chapter, and the home opener is going to be fantastic. We expect the crowd to be phenomenal. I think our last five games, we averaged 22,000 fans of the regular season, 35,000 last year for the home opener. So we, 47 degrees and sunny. I can, I'm going to say it a thousand times, one o'clock start. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's simply going to be a wonderful occasion and we can't wait to see you all there as well. Be there for the 2018 home opener. Minnesota United face off against Chicago Fire at TCF Bank Stadium on Saturday, March 17th at 1pm. Visit MNUFC.com for more information. Thanks to our producer this evening, Manny Hill. Really appreciate it. My thanks to Jamie Watson and Kindred E. St. Auburn, as always. Remember, you can listen to the game on 1500 ESPN or watch on Fox Sports North. So, two games, one victory for Minnesota United. Now, it's time to play in front of you. It's time to hit the field. It's time to come home. We'll see you all on Saturday. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher 
and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.